Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. talking about our D6 theme of the week is fulfillment. And our goal of the week is that we would choose mercy and compassion over vengeance. So I started studying this week, actually the last couple of weeks, on vengeance. You ever get, you ever get where you're just spitting nails? Am I the only one? You ever, you ever get angry? You ever get where, if I can get my hand on that person, if they, if they say one more thing, if they do one more thing, if they, go one, if they go there one more time, you ever been there? Sure, we all have. And, and in the flesh, it rises up and it wants to take vengeance on that person, doesn't it? Right? But our goal this week is that we'll put vengeance aside and that will choose mercy and compassion. And I promise you, church, the only way you can live out this goal is when you die to self and you allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. When you die to self and you let Christ sit on the throne of your life and you live your life through his eyes, through his perspective, through a biblical worldview, through what Jesus would do, the old WWJD thing, I know it's kind of cool years ago and all this stuff, it's still true. That's how we should live our life, right? God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I don't want you, don't want you to get involved in the work of taking out vengeance on people. I'll take care of that. I want you, as my people, to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, and I want you to exercise and demonstrate mercy and compassion. Hello? How do we do that? Well, that's what I want to try to unpack in Romans chapter 12 this morning. Before I do that, let me show you this short video clip. I think you guys have iTunes or something playing in the background. (laughs) 
Different sides. Strong opinions. Where do we go? You can stop it right there. You ever been hurt by someone? Guys, we're going to be talking about some heavy stuff here this morning. I don't have, matter of fact, my whole sermon is going to be a little different than what I normally do. There's no one, two, three points and a little application and a poem and a prayer and we go home. This is not my homiletical professor. Probably not be real proud of the way I'm going to deliver this today. But I just want to speak on this subject of vengeance. I want to try to share with you how that we all could, could live in the freedom of loving one another instead of the bondage of vengeance. Hello? You can see it. Why do people get bitter? Why do people get nasty? Why do people get hateful and crude and rude and mean-spirited? Why does that happen to people? Why is it that why is it that it seems at one time folks were so happy, so full of life, so full of joy, really cared for one another, but now they withdrawn. Now there's a vindictive spirit. Now there's piercing eyes and looks, cold touches. Am I in anybody's world? I mean, I'm going to talk about something that's very real for all of us. This is, this is, I'm just carrying out the D6 theme and the goal and speaking on that subject. But it's real. Hello? We've all faced it. Have we been hurt? Have you ever been hurt? Sure you have. We all have. We've all experienced that. We get one or two options. We can either live in the freedom of God's love or we can be incarcerated by our own anger and become very bitter and be a very vindictive person that's always seeking vengeance. Oh, this will hurt them if I do this. This will be a good stick on them. Oh, I'm not going to say anything, but by me not doing that, this will get them. You know what that is, God? That's sin. Is anybody with me? That's sin. And I hope and pray when I finish this sermon, this message, with no points. I told Kristen, I said, I have a bunch of stuff on slides. You're just going to have to follow me. I have no point one, two, three, four. But I hope and pray that when I finish this, I hope and pray we all can learn how to live in the freedom of God's love and apply this goal to our life that we choose mercy and compassion over vengeance. Does the Bible speak of this? Sure does. Romans chapter 12. Turn there, please. Romans chapter 12. I want us to look beginning in verse 9. I'm going to head down to verse number 21. I want to read this passage of Scripture. And I'm reading out the Holman translation. And above my caption, above verse number 9, it says, Christian ethics, which I think is pretty good. Here's some things that we should be living out in our Christian life. Verse number 9, Romans chapter 12. Love must be without hypocrisy. I believe I unpacked that word hypocrisy for you sometime back. In the literal meaning of the word, it means it's a pottery term. It means without wax. You remember when the 
when the, when the potter would make his vessels and he would put them in the fire to cure them. And some would come out and because there were some imperfections in the clay, there would be a crack in the pot. And instead of discarding it, he would get some wax and he would hide the crack in the pot and he would sell it as a top-of-the-line piece of pottery. And the, and the crack would never be revealed until it was put under pressure or heated up, and then the, max, the wax would melt away. Then you could see the crack in the pot. The Word of God is saying we should have love for one another without any wax. In other words, there's no flaws in our love for each other. It's not with, it's not with hypocrisy. It's genuine love. There are no cracks in our love one for another. Hello, church. We love each other. We don't agree with everything that everybody... But we love each other. Are y'all with me? Y'all got awful quiet on me this morning. Man, Tyler had you guys all cranked up and singing. Man, that sounded beautiful too. You guys just singing. No instruments. No, no micro... No, just singing. That was beautiful. Don't disengage. Stay connected here. Hope and pray you are. I got to get past this first verse though. Love must be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Oh my goodness, get this. See if you can outdo one another in showing honor to one another and esteeming one another. Wow, that would be a different way of living, would it not? For most people. Instead of, what are you doing for me? Instead of, What's in it for me? You see where we're going with this? Now we're looking at how we can honor someone else. Number 11, verse 11. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Verse 13. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Verse 14. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. I wonder if someone could evaluate your life, would they say that you are a very humble person or that you're a very proud person? People view you in one of two ways. Either a very humble person or a very proud person. And the Bible is telling us that we need to associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Here we go now. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Verse 19 and following is where I'm going to bore a little bit deeper in my message this morning. Verse 19, you need to underline this in your Bible. You need to highlight this. You need to get a hold of this. Verse 19, friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for His wrath. 
For it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you'll be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Let us pray. Lord, we stand before you this morning dealing with a very delicate subject. Every single one of us in this room today I'm assuming we all have been hurt. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, we've been hurt. And our feelings are so real. Our hearts are so broken. The wounds are so fresh, they're still oozing with the pus of the hurt. As we rehash the incident over and over and over again in our mind on how we've been wronged, God, our hearts are breaking. How do we deal with this, God? God, I don't have all the answers. I struggle with this myself. God, I pray you would speak to our hearts this morning. Father, I ask you to speak through me. Lord, I've pinned a lot of notes down that I want to try to share this morning. But I pray, dear God, that you would direct my thoughts, that you would direct the pattern in which I go with these thoughts this morning. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to our hearts today. I pray that we would stand here as individuals before a holy God, realizing that we wrestle with this thing on showing mercy and compassion to those that have hurt us. Help us, God, to live in the freedom of your love. Instead of being incarcerated with vindictive spirits, I believe this thought can transform lives today. I believe someone needs to be set free from the prison of their own soul. I pray, God, that you would do your work today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Guys, you know something? In our Western world that we live in today, we've all grown very accustomed to taking for granted what history has taught us about all of our inalienable human rights that we have. Life, what? Liberty, pursuit of happiness, 
That's our right. We have rights. Do we not? We have laws. We have consequences for those that break the laws. And we have rights today. And if someone attacks us, get ready. We're marching. Why? It's my right. I'm an American. I live in the 21st century. You don't get by with that. Hello? That's the Western world's, I don't want to say theology, that's our psychology. That's our viewpoint. Hello? You're not going to cross me and get by with that. I have rights, you know. You're not going to offend me and get by with I have rights, you know. You're not going to treat my family like, I have rights, you know. I got a question for you. Do you find anything like that in the Bible? Now, a while ago, you cheered and you applauded the Word of God when I quoted to you the Scripture where Jesus said that no man knows the day and the hour. And thank God for that. Where's the applause right now for... And I don't, want, I'm not, I don't want you to applaud, but where's the applause right now for God saying you don't have those rights? You don't have those rights. Matter of fact, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hurt. Where in the world did we come up with this idea that no one can ever hurt me or my family and get by with it. I will get you. You've seen it, haven't you? We've all seen it. I've seen it. We've experienced it. Have we not? We've all experienced it, myself included. And I'll be the first one to tell you that I've been the one in these shoes saying, I have rights. But then I step back and I look at the Word of God and I say, where are they? I can't find them in Scripture. That I have rights, that you cannot assault me, that you cannot attack me, that you cannot hurt me. There's nowhere in Scripture that says that because I'm a child of God, you cannot do that. As a matter of fact, just the contrary is in Scripture. Are you with me today? We've been hurt. I mean, we've had people, and I know the, a lot of the families in our churches, or in our church, we've had people that have done hideous crimes to our family, an extended family. And we harbor that hurt. And I know we get hurt. But let me tell you guys, you got to release that. Today, you must release that. It will affect you as a person. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your family. It will affect your job. It will affect Victory Church. You must learn to live in the freedom of God's love and show mercy and compassion instead 
of being incarcerated by the hurt and becoming very bitter and living with a vindictive spirit. Are you, are you tracking with me this morning? This is not one of those fun messages, but it's the truth of God's Word. I mean, it, it's painful. I mean, when I do counseling with folks, I, you, you just don't want to get into the emotional closet. I mean, we don't even want to unpack that stuff. We, we throw it away in the hallway closet of our soul, and we shut the door, and we don't ever want to open up to those pains in our life. God's the only way to live in the freedom of God's love and to be the salt of this earth and the light of this world is to open up that closet, let all the pus, let the ugliness, let it all ooze out and deal with it. You can't keep stuffing it in there. Do you get me this morning, church? You've got to open up the closet and deal with it. Do you realize, as I shared just a moment ago, about how we assume that we have all of these rights today? Do you realize that in first century Christianity, it was not so? Matter of fact, whenever Paul was penning these words, these words, I want you to try to see them in the context of first century Christianity. You must realize that Christianity was birthed in a world of totalitarianism. Totalitarianism means it was birthed in a world of dictatorship. In other words, you do what I say or you die. And you must understand that whenever Christianity was birthed to be converted from Judaism to Christianity meant that you just may lose your life for being a Christian. You just may die. For over 300 years in Christianity, there were no rights whatsoever for their protection. And what, what rights have come to protect the freedom of religion are slowly being reversed, if you will, and our culture today, especially in the realm of Christianity. Persecution has always been at the heartbeat of Christianity. Hello? It's, listen guys, it's really not strange to be persecuted as a Christian. What is strange is to not be persecuted as a believer and as a Christian and as a child of God. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 4 and 12. He said, Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal or the trials come among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. He said, listen, there are going to be those people that are going to hurt you there's going to be those people that are intentionally coming after you. There's going to be fiery trials that you're going to have to endure and go through. Peter was saying, don't think these as unusual acts. This is the norm. But we don't like to live in that area, do we? Hello? 
We don't want to park there. We don't want to live. That's the norm, Peter was saying. It's not nothing strange to be persecuted in first century Christianity. And we've gotten pretty spoiled over here in America, have we not? Have we not? Sure we have. Which I think has led to a lot of negative things. I mean, to me personally, I, I don't know, personally, I just think we have spoiled, rotten brats for Christians. If you just, I'm just going to try to be frank. We're lost all about me. Don't preach anything that's going to make me uncomfortable. Don't, don't expect me to do anything that's going to make me uncomfortable. Don't expect me to sacrifice. Don't expect me to give of anything. Hello? That's like a spoiled child. And I think sometimes we're like that in our faith. The Word of God is sharp, man. It cuts. I mean, it should, it should transform, has the power to transform our lives. I mean, it's going to change us. You cannot sit under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God and leave the same way you entered. I mean, there's going to be something settling in your spirit. Guys, I, I just found an app this week for my phone. For my iPhone. It's, it's the VOM app. It's the Voice of the Martyrs app for the iPhone. I don't even think it's out there for the... What's that other thing? A droid. A Blackberry. It's for the iPhone. There is a cool app. Voice of the Martyrs for the iPhone. You know, what, you know what's cool about this thing? Is that in this app, I can go on there and I can read all the daily news of the persecution that's taking place around the world for Christians. I can be sent email or text alerts that pop up on my phone, being pushed to my phone about things that are happening right now to pray about. I can have a, a calendar event set up of the time of day that I want to be notified to pray for things around the world. I can go to different countries around the world and I can see what the population of that country is as far as Christian or Muslim or, or Hindus or, or whatever the other faiths are, are. But here's one that I want you to see as we think about the news reports of Christians being persecuted around the world. This one is in Saudi Arabia, and it just hit their news flash. It's one of the first ones I'm going to share with you. It talks about two Indian nationals who were locked up in Saudi Arabia. They've been jailed for more than two months, even though they were sentenced to 45 days in prison. The religious police arrested these individuals during a raid of their prayer meeting. Four other Christians fled the scene and escaped. These two were thrown into prison. I'm going to scan down through here a little bit. Um, the men were reportedly beaten during interrogation. They were also pressured, or, or, or were also pressured to convert to Islam, to renounce Christ and convert to the faith of Islam. And during the raid, the police destroyed their Bibles and other Christian materials. Talks about during the 45 days, all the persecution, all the beating that these two men have gone through. And it goes on and on and on and tells about their life. You know what, guys, here in America... We don't deal with that kind of stuff. We really don't. In first century Christianity, that's the type of things that they were dealing with and Christians around the world are dealing with it. You know what, guys, listen. As a, as a believer, as a child of God, we should be praying for the persecuted church. On a daily basis, we should be praying for them. Guys, do you realize that we are more closely linked 
to our brothers and sisters of the persecuted church that are being incarcerated, that are being beaten for their faith. Many of them are dying for their faith. We are more closely linked to them than we are our unbelieving friends and family members and co-workers and neighbors here in America today. Did you get what I just said? We need to be praying for them. And we need to pray that they live out Romans 12 and verse number 17. Where it says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Are you kidding me? They're persecuting. And, and God's word said, do not repay. God's word saying, church, do not repay evil for evil. Look once again in verse 19 and 20. I'm going to keep driving you back to these two verses right here in 19 and 20. Romans chapter 12. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath. For it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. How, how we need to be praying for the persecuted church. Let me ask you, in this verse, in 19 and 20, I want to ask you a question. How do we mingle mercy and justice? How do we mingle mercy and compassion with justice? I mean, shouldn't they get what they deserve? Shouldn't they? How do we mingle this whole thing of mercy and justice? That's the challenge for us. And that's what I hope and pray I can try to explain to you here. I want to ask you a question. Do you see both mercy and justice in verses 19 and 20? Look in your Bibles. I hope you have them open still. I'm going to be there a while. Do you see both mercy and compassion there? Do you see mercy and justice there? Yeah, you, you really can. Do not avenge yourself. Instead, leave room for His wrath. There's the justice. Leave room for His wrath. For it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. There's your justice. Here comes your mercy. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you're heaping fiery coals on his head. There we see the mercy. You see, many of us, most of us, if not all of us, have been mistreated. Many of us, most of us, if not all of us, have been hurt by people. Many of us, most of us, if not all of us, have been hurt by fellow church members. Oh, this is the part that gets uncomfortable. Well, I can just see my homiletics professor. He said, you can't leave it in the biblical world. You must bring it to the personal world. You must apply it to the heart of the individual. That's where it gets painful for us sometimes, isn't it? Many of us, most of us, if not all of us, have been hurt. Would you agree? If you would, say amen. amen. Does that mean then that because we are to show mercy that there is no justice? Does that mean then because we are to show mercy and compassion that there is no vengeance? Does that mean because we have been mistreated that somebody's going to get off scotch-free? No. It means none of those things. You know what it means? God is saying, you show mercy, you show compassion, I'll take care of it. Ha <laughs> ha! 
I mean, it's like having Big Brother with you. I remember when I, listen, I was a skinny runt coming through school. And I would get picked on sometime, but my sister was always bigger than me. She was. And I was the skinny one. I remember getting on the school bus. I was in like third grade and I was getting bullied by this other boy. My sister sat in the front of the bus and I was at the back of the bus. And all of a sudden there was a big scandal taking place. And I was getting bullied around and pushed around and pushed under a seat. I was a skinny runt, man. I really had, I had very little skin on my bones, let alone muscle. My big sister turned around and she saw what was going on in the back. Man, she came through there and she was clearing house. Woo! Thank God for big sister. Here she came. She's down the middle of the aisle and she was throwing, get off of my brother. Get off of my brother. Thank you, sis. That may be a little bit humbling, but I was thankful for big sister at that moment in my life. You know what, guys? That's what we have in our life. I don't want to necessarily call God our big brother. I think that may be a little bit irreverent. But he's like our big brother. He's taking care of us. He's taking notes. He loves us, the song that we sang. And he loves us so much, he will not let people get by with the hurts and the harms and the vindictive spirit that they have against you. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Ah, maybe I'll repay I'll weigh the odds and possibly repay. I'll call in a jury and let them decide if I should repay. No, I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine. I'm taking notes. I'm paying attention. You show love. You show mercy. You be the salt. You be the light. You let them see something different in your life. I'm taking care of the rest of it. Hello? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. God, how are you going to repay? Right now, God, they, they deserve it. <laughs> you ever pray that prayer? God, they deserve it right now. I mean, we've been there, haven't we? No, 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 no. You got to remember the Bible says a day with the Lord is it's a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. His thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. His ways are larger than our ways. He, he, he's, got, he's got a far bigger picture of things in mind than just our little world. Although he loves us and cares for us, but we got to trust in his timetable. God, how do you repay? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. How do you do that? Justice will be served. And vengeance will be served. Listen, either your adversary, get this. Number one, either, number one, your adversary will pay his debt. Justice will be served on him either through hell or through the cross. But that's how God exercises his justice. That one that has wronged you, if that individual that has wronged you, if that individual that has hurt you, if that individual that has violated you, if that individual who has, I mean, just hurt you extremely or family member of of yours extremely, listen... God's justice will be carried out. His vengeance will be carried out one of two ways. Either through the cross or through hell. That's it. You say, whoa, whoa, time out. You're thinking ahead of me, I know. That one that caused me this pain, that one that caused me this hurt, that one that violated my family with this cruel act of violence, you're telling me? I'm telling you, he deserves hell. 
But you're telling me he has the option of the judgment that was placed on Jesus on the cross? Yep. That's what I'm saying. There is not one sin that can't be forgiven. Hello? You see, if that individual that violated you, if that individual that hurt you, if that individual ever caused harm and pain in your life, if that individual repents, you know where his judgment was poured out? You know where God's judgment, God's vengeance, you know where it was poured out? On the cross. On his son, Jesus. All the mean, cruel, wicked, vile things that you can ever think of, it was all paid for on the cross of Calvary. Guys, you got to get a hold of this. This is deep stuff. You mean, possibly, if they repent and look to Christ, I could spend eternity in heaven with that individual? Yep. That's what I'm saying. You know what that's called? God's amazing, marvelous grace. But if that person does not repent, then he'll pour his judgment out on them through a devil's hell. Amen? Oh, church, I'm just trying to skim through my notes. I'm cutting out, I'm cutting out pages of stuff. I've, man, this, this is good. If you'd like to have my notes, I'll just email them to you. I'm, I'm cutting some stuff out. Here's the bottom line. Leave vengeance to the wrath of God. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I don't want you to miss how profound that is. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You see, it means that woven into the fabric of reality, woven into the fabric of the universe, woven into the fabric of this world, is God's absolute commitment that justice will be done. Every dishonor will be punished. The ultimate commitment, get this, the ultimate commitment to bring vengeance on all of sin flows from God's very being. He will punish all sin. I'm reminded of the scripture in Nahum chapter 1 and verse number 2. You know, in our day and age, in this 21st century, about all you hear preached anymore is just God is love, this kind of fairy tale, wimpy, wampy, sissy, on and on religion. God is a God of love, and thank God for that. But He's also a God of wrath, He's also a God of vengeance. He is taking notes. Hello? Nahum chapter 1 and verse number 2 says, The Lord is a, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries. And he keeps wrath for his enemies. Deuteronomy 32 and 43 says he avenges the blood of his children. And he takes vengeance on his adversaries. Isaiah 59 and 17. Talking about God. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing. Guys, this is God's nature. This is his righteousness. All sin will be punished. I'm reminded over in Revelation chapter number 6, you go over there and you read about the martyrs that have been beheaded 
for the gospel and those Christian martyrs and they're under the table and they're crying out to God in, in Revelation chapter 6. They're saying, oh, sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? God, when are you going to pour out your vengeance? In Romans 19 and 2, or Revelation 19 and 2, the Bible says, his judgments are true and just for he's judged the great prostitute. That's the center of all godless power. He's judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immor- immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Well, how does all this take place? Uh, go back in Romans chapter 12, verse number 19. I want you to see a word here. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath. See the next little word? For. I've got an underline on the screen for you. I want you to circle that word in your Bibles. I want you to pay attention to that because that, that is the bedrock. That is the, the solid foundation upon which we are able now to show grace and compassion and mercy. The word for, that is, listen, that means that that's one of the motivational factors for doing what he tells us to do. To give our, our enemy something to eat if he's hungry. To feed him if he's thirsty. What is he saying? For it is written, vengeance belongs to me and I will repay. Guys, you got to just trust God in this. He will take care of that one that is hurting you. It's his. He'll take care of it. Amen? He'll try first of all to lead them to the cross of his son for which he gave his only son to die. And if they reject to repent and ask forgiveness for how they've treated you, and they will not go to the cross to seek repentance, then they will be punished in the devil's hell. I mean, that's just plain and simple. Leave the vengeance to God. Well, how does it work? I know we, we go to the last part of that verse, and sometimes we take pride in that. Look, if you feel the last part of verse number 20. Look what it says. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, and sometimes our pride comes up right here, which, by the way, I, I may remind you, is sin. Okay? Get this. Sometimes we get very prideful right here. But remember, when that pride oozes up, this is now sin on your behalf. Look what it says. For in, in so doing, for in so doing what? And showing mercy and showing kindness and showing compassion. For in so doing, you are heaping fiery coals on his head. <laughs> that individual has hurt me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be so nice to them. And we wring our hands. We have a little snarl on our face. And we think, oh, I know they've hurt me. I know they've intentionally tried to dig me. I know they tried to hurt my family. I know they said this about me. You watch this. I'm going to heap some coals of fire. <laughs> we get a, that sounds like a little witch, doesn't it? I'm going to heap coals of fire on their head. Watch me do something kind for them. You know what you're doing when you do that? You're sinning. That's a sin. For you to get gratification and some type of justification out of the whole thing of doing something kind for someone so it reaps coals of fire on their head. You know what? That's manipulative. Are you with me? Is this too hard? I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm just trying to share with you the Word of God. Are you with me okay? Give me something. How sinful, how childish is that? To act that way. Preacher, you got chapter and verse to back up what you're saying. I am so glad you asked. 
I want you to look in your Bibles in Proverbs chapter 24. I'll have it on the screen for you also. I I was going to be a thousand different ways today, so I just put it on the screen for you today. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 17 and 18. Listen to what it says. Don't gloat when your enemy fails. And don't let your heart rejoice when he stumbles. Or the Lord will see and be displeased and turn his wrath away from him. God's not going to let you get by with that. Oh, church, you get that verse? Look what it says. Don't gloat when your enemy fails. Don't let your heart rejoice when he stumbles. You know what that looks like? It's our enemy. We know who they are. We know who's tried to attack us. We know who's hurting us. We know who's putting digs in. We know where the talk is. We kind of know what's going on. And we see something bad happen to them. And we think, <laughs> he got what he deserved. That's sin, church. Are y'all with me today? That's called sin. And God says, I am watching you. I'm watching you as my child to see how you're going to react when someone has turned against you, when someone is persecuting you, when someone is saying all manner of evil against you falsely. I'm watching, church, to see how you react. And I'm watching more than just your physical outward appearance. I'm judging the motive of your heart. I'm watching you. And the Bible says that when we do that, God is displeased. Oh, I got to move on. Let, let me wrap to the bottom line. Let me get to the bottom line. I think I got a one or two or something on some slide here, Kristen. See if you can find it towards the end there. What does all this mean? How, how does all this work? Go on to the next one. Here we go. Do I have another one after that? What do I have after that? There we go. I got three. Oh, here we go. Here's what I want you to get. How does all this work? I'm going to wrap it up with this slide and I'm done. I think you've got the gist of this message. How does it work? Number one, we must lay down our burden of anger. Lay it down. We get angry. We get hurt. Our feelings are very real. But we must lay them. Where do we lay them down? We lay them down at the foot of the cross. Lay them down. Just lay them down. Don't pick them up and walk away. Don't carry them home with you. Lay them down at the cross. We must lay down the burden of anger. We must lay down the practice. Get this. Boy, here's what we do. We must lay down the practice of nursing your hurt feelings of being wronged. Boy, don't we do that? We play it over and over and over again in our mind. We keep that wound so fresh we keep those feelings so real. It just gets stronger and stronger. We've got to lay it down. Lay down that burden of anger. Lay down that practice of nursing your hurt. Now listen, laying it down does not mean that there was no great wrong against you. Laying it down does not mean that there is no justice. Laying it down does not mean that you would not be vindicated. Laying it down does not mean that they just got away with it. No, it means none of that. It means we must lay down the burden of vengeance. We must lay down the burden of anger. We must lay down the burden of practicing nursing that thing over and lay it down. And here's the good thing. Allow God to pick it up. Hello? Lay it down and let God pick it up. Why? We can trust in his promise. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Lay it down. Let God pick it up. 
and then live in the freedom of his love. It will change your life. Change your life. Is it easy? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not easy. Man, I, sometimes I just want to rip people's head off. Don't you? Am I the only one that feels this way? Come on, church. I want us to be real around here. Don't you want to just rip people's head off sometime? Well, somebody said something out there. What did, what did you say? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we want to do that. But how can we be the light of the world? How can we be the salt of the earth? How can we be a vessel of honor to our God? He said, I'm paying attention. Vengeance is mine. We lay it down. You say, God, mm, I don't know why I'm dealing with this. I don't know why I'm hurting like this. I don't know why this attack's coming on me. I really don't understand what's going on. I'm just trying to be faithful to you. God, I don't know. God said, lay it down. Trust me. I know. I'll take care of it. You know what? I can rest in that. Hello? And you know what it does? Here's the cool thing about it. As long as you carry that vindictive spirit, as long as you carry that spirit of revenge and vengeance on someone, you you know what really happens? You wind up incarcerating your own spirit. You lose your joy. You lose your happiness. You lose your your purpose in living. You you wind up losing everything. While that one that hurts you, they're off scotch-free, so to speak. Out there doing whatever they want to do. And you've allowed them to incarcerate you. And now you're a miserable person. Let me ask you a question. Why? Why give someone that much power over your life? I'm not going to do it. I will not give you that much power over my life that you are going to make me be miserable. Uh Uh-uh. Do what you want to. Hey, I'm going to show up here next Sunday and preach. Do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I'm going to show up here next Sunday and preach. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to lead this church the way that God, I feel God's calling me to lead it. If it hair lips you or the devil. I'm going with God. I'm not running for office. I don't need votes. Hello? I'm not a politician. I'm not going to say one thing and do something else. Like I will not raise taxes, you know. I'm, I'm, we're going to keep doing ministry. Hello? Why give people that much power over your life? Don't do it, church. Lay it down. God, you saw that. God, you take note of that. God, it hurts. It's, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. It's painful. I have shed tears over hurts that have happened to me in this ministry. You probably have too. It's not easy. But I've decided I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give them that satisfaction. (laughs) Are you with me? I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to let God pick it up. And I'm just going to live in freedom. I'm going to forgive. Say, God, you take care of it. Vengeance is yours. You will repay. You take care of it. Let's pray. Father, God, this is a very delicate subject. 
Lord, we are going to be dealing with this in our small groups this week. Dear God, I don't know all that we're dealing with as a church family. I don't know everything that's going on behind the faces and the smiles and what I see here on Sunday morning in an individual's life. But God, you do. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what's taking place. You're certainly aware of all the attacks that come on us. And right now, Lord, although the feelings are so real, the hurt so fresh, the wound is still open. It's painful, God. God, help us to understand. I'm not saying it's not painful. It's painful. It hurts. But God, help us to allow room for you to work. Help us to lay it down. Help us to bring it to the foot of the cross. Help us to lay down that hurt. To lay down that burden of anger. Help us, God, to quit rehashing the thing over and over and over again in our mind and spirit. Help us to lay it down. And then help us to step away from it in an act of faith and trusting, God, that you will pick it up. And you will carry out vengeance. And God, if we're really spiritual, we'll be praying that that individual be convicted by you. And that you, God, will bring them to repentance. Not necessarily an apology to me, but repentance to you. So that they can experience the freedom of love and mercy and compassion. Father, I know there are those that are sitting here with hurts. I pray, God, you would touch them right now. I pray, God, you'd begin the healing process. And that begins when we quit rehashing it over and over in our life. And it begins when we bring it to you. Let's lay it down. God, let's let you pick it up. Let's walk away in the freedom of your love, showing mercy, compassion, doing acts of kindness for those that have wronged us because we love them. That's the only reason. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360.
622-9360 or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net that's victory at victorychurchonline.net if you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry please contact us you can call email or send a request to 715 lake point center suite 109 in o'fallon illinois or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.